Well, I went to Moab, so. You are listening to Just Riding Along on Mountain Bike Radio. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Just Riding Along brought to you by Squealing Teenage Girls. A message from our very important sponsors. Hey there, I'm Chloe Woodruff, a Stan's No-Tube sponsored athlete and 2014 Whiskey Off-Road and Grand Junction Off-Road champion. I like participating in Epic Rides Off-Road series events because the courses offer a fun way to experience some of Prescott and Grand Junction's finest trails. The three-day event weekends are filled with fun, music, and fellow bike-minded people. For complete event information and to register for the Whiskey or Grand, visit EpicRides.com. And Screaming Teenage Girls. Again. Again. Um, We have an action-packed and packed and awesome episode. Andrea and I are both at 9,000 feet of elevation or greater right now. I've had more beers today than I usually would have had at sea level or even my new humble abode of Denver. So I'm starting to feel awesome. He, You know what I noticed about Matt today? I hate you. <laughs> today, um, and I've noticed this in the past, and today just drove it home. When Matt has like a, a couple of beers, like it has to be more than one beer, like enough for him to get a buzz. And then he starts to sober up. Like it's not necessarily getting sober. Like he gets <laughs> he gets angry at not being drunk. <laughs> that is very true. I get I get angry at not being drunk anymore. So and and so like today just suddenly like he had a couple of beers and then like twenty minutes later he was like yelling and throwing stuff and like running bikes into walls. <laughs> <laughs> that is totally not how that happened. It was way more than 20 minutes. It was like at least 23 minutes. <laughs> so I'm going to make sure that Matt keeps a steady flow of beer while we're recording the show. So I think that's why in the past you get like... Because really, I stopped drinking too you early. You stop drinking like 10 minutes into the show, and by the time the show is ready to end, you're ha- you're like, you're angry sober. But yeah, so... Um, this week um, has been pretty amazing for me, at least, because, and I know it has been for Matt, because he started his new job, and that's all he talks about. Oh. My. Lord. <laughs> um, but, so, last week, um, there was a snowstorm here in Blackhawk, like, pretty much everywhere up in the mountains, um, just to the west of Denver. Dumping pal, bro. It was, no, it wasn't pow, it was heavy snow, apparently. Like, I don't have a frame of reference for this, and I did my fair share of snow shoveling, and um, from what I heard from locals, this was very heavy snow, and I was just shoveling away. It's like, well, I I don't know the difference between heavy snow and light snow, so I'm just going to shovel it. And it, it sucked a little bit, but it wasn't really that bad. It's still lighter than dirt. So, I mean, that's like my frame of reference for shoveling something is is comparing it to dirt and snow. Like, even wet snow is, is lighter than dirt. So, it wasn't really... I didn't think it was that bad. Um, so, the snow that I shoveled today was... That was, like, solid. That felt a lot like... Dirt. <laughs> probably mud. I honestly wanted a smaller snow shovel because it was, like... It it's melting. Yeah, everything's melting. So it's so compacting and getting dense. It's like crystallized. Yeah. When I got to the shop, I dug a hole in the snowbank to put the burritos in, and like <laughs> an ice pellet jammed under my index fingernail, and like it's been hurting really bad ever since. Uh, yeah. So like I, the ice pellet was crammed under my fingernail, and Why? I could. I, Why did you stick your fingers in the snow? Did you, I was digging a little burrow to put the burritos in. There's a refrigerator. I wasn't able to get into the shop, and I didn't know how long you were going to be there. And I was getting burned oh. out because the burritos hadn't been refrigerated, and there okay. had eggs in them. And I don't okay. like when eggs haven't been refrigerated. Okay, All right, fine. So I was digging a hole in the snowbank, and the ice jammed under my fingernail, and it started hurting, like, bad. You should have put your finger in ice so it wouldn't hurt. And it was one of those things where, like, it was hurting more and more, like, by every, like, five seconds. And I was like... Oh, cool! It's ice. It's going to melt and fall out. But until then, it's going to hurt. And I just like watched it, and I was like, "Oh, yep, yeah, that's hurting. That's hurting." And like water ran out of my finger, and it was done. Oh, look! I think it's snowing again. Anyway, so yeah, last week 
Uh, there was a snowstorm oh. out here. Oh. And what? I'm drunk Matt has an awesome idea that's not that good. What, jump off the roof into a snowbank? No, it was going to, I'm not going to say it because I'll, I'll just, I'll send Ben an email. Okay. Uh, yeah, so it snowed, um, it was like a foot, I, I knew it was going to snow and I learned a very important lesson about Colorado. Snow on the road. Yeah, there was so much snow on the road. Um, I planned, I knew that it was going to be, I knew it was going to snow and stick around for a while. So um, I got permission from the owner of 9250 uh, to, and encouragement from him even, uh, to pack up and go to Moab. No, which, he told you to piss off out the door. That's what he told you to do. He didn't <laughs> tell you to go to Moab. He's like, get out of here. Yeah, he's like, go explore, have fun. And I'm like, okay, don't twist my arm or anything. Uh, so I plan to leave Friday morning. Uh, well, Friday morning, I woke up and there was approximately a f- foot, probably closer to a foot and a half of snow just like piled up everywhere. I mean, it was just like, I've have, I've never seen this much snow in my entire life, like ever. And so it was everywhere and I couldn't, like you couldn't drive. It was tall enough that you couldn't drive. And uh, so... Like, I mean, like, if your car wasn't a high-clearance vehicle, you couldn't actually drive down the road because you'd just get stuck. So, um, yeah, I just had to, I pretty much I had to wait for a snowplow to come through, and I didn't get out until uh, Saturday. Um, but <laughs> so some random dude plowed you. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Kathy called three different dudes for a plowing, and uh, one of them finally showed up, and she paid $100 for plowing. So Kathy pays $100 <laughs> to get plowed. <laughs> he plowed the driveways, and he did a great job. Uh, but but to, to summarize that, Kathy. Stop. Don't talk about her like that. She's a nice lady. I didn't say she wasn't nice. I just said she spent 100 bucks to get plowed. <laughs> To get the driveways plowed. Whatever. So yeah, um, I Semantics. had to put I had to put my 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 trip off because not only could I not get out, um, I seventy going west, um, which is like the big interstate through Colorado, um, going east west, uh, it was closed in at least two, possibly three different places. So it was it was a uh, it was I learned my lesson. Like if you're gonna escape. This part of Colorado, because of weather, you got to get out ahead of weather, um, or you're going to get stuck and be waiting around to get plowed. Um, <laughs> but I did get out. Um, I made it to Moab Saturday afternoon. I rode. Um, what? Nothing. You can't read you stuff get, on your. You might get sore arms if you try to plow yourself. <laughs> anyway. Um. Yeah, so I made it there Saturday afternoon. I did just a quick ride. Um, I rode Pipe Dream. Oh, and by the way, anyone who has pets, who has dogs, who goes to Moab, there is a lady who runs a place called Karen's Canine Camp. And she is like the sweetest dog lady, like kind of crazy dog lady that you've ever met. So it's the KKK? (laughs) No, Canine and Camp both begin with a C. But it could be Karen's K9 Camp, all with K's, and she'd be the KKK. If she didn't know how to spell, it could be that. Oh, look, there was a teenage girl laugh. You knew it was going to come in sometime. Um, oh, gosh. No, if you have dogs and you go to Moab, um, you need to look this lady up because she took care of my little old dog, and she just loved on him, and he made friends with another little old dog, and... It was like I, I felt totally fine leaving him there for the, the time I was there. So check that out. Um, the, the highlight of my, uh, of my trip was definitely uh, Sunday. I rode from town. And if you don't really know the trails in Moab, this may not make a lot of sense. But I know that a lot of our listeners do. So I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Gosh, quit talking about Moab all the time. No one knows what it is and cares about it. <laughs> So I rode from town, uh, rode up Sand Flats Road, which takes you um, first to the Slick Rock Trail. Um, is actually pretty close to town. Like if you just were, if you needed like an afternoon ride from Moab, like that's not a bad ride. Like 
ride up, do the slick rock trail, ride back. Uh, but from there, I continued on um, up this really long climb to the Porcupine Rim Trail. Made it up to the upper Porcupine Rim Trail uh, and rode back down. And I was demo- I was using the shop demo bike, the Mach 6. Um, that was really freaking rowdy, and it was awesome. And I accidentally did like a three and a half foot drop. It gets a little bit bigger in my head every time I think about it. I was going to say, that's like me saying I drank like six beers. It's like, no, it's more like three. <laughs> I mean, that's a it tw- was at least a three foot drop. That's though. a 27.5 wheel, which is and like, it was like it was crammed under the ledge that yeah, I dropped off of. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it was crammed under there. That was a three foot drop. <laughs> All right. But coming from someone who's never even like ridden a bike off a loading dock, like a small one behind the store. You know, uh, but then you could do that now. Like you could totally do that now, but you never will. I know. Like that's like a four stair set. You would never jump a four stair set. Like if I was like, "Hey, look, here's like a cake." <laughs> <laughs> Are you saying I'm fat? I'm saying like if you did like an eighty mile ride, and I was like, "Here's the cake. Jump this four set." You'd be like. You're an idiot. You go to the store and buy your own cake. I mean, <laughs> that's what just blows my mind. And according to ADA standards, steps aren't over like seven or seven and a quarter inches. So that's like 28 or 28. Okay. So this is what happened. Uh, see, see what had happened. What had happened was, uh, yeah. So what had happened was, I just want to point out that Matt knows a lot about stairs. <laughs> um, so I know a lot about, um, ADA stuff. My father was a carpenter and he did um, new homes and remodels and repairs. And steps have to be, like I said, I think seven or seven and a quarter inches tall, no more than that. And then as far as a handicap ramp, if you need to go up, and I'm going to use an easy number, 10 inches, let's say, your, your ramp has to be from the edge. Like say that we're we're building a, a right triangle, you know, with uh with with B being the ten inches, A would be the ground at a level distance. That would have to be ten feet. And then the ramp surface that the handicap uh person would need to roll upon would need to be A squared ten or hundred and twenty inches plus ten inches squared equals is, whatever this- that. So no, this has nothing to do with me doing this drop because I did not become handicapped from it. I know a lot about that stuff. And then I know that like ADA signage with Braille has to be a certain height at a certain location from the door and everything, (laughs) but whatever. It's like 50 inches to the bottom. The heater just came on. Whatever. Um, anyway, so, okay. So porcupine rim, what happens when I drink more (laughs) porcupine rim, um, is a cool trail and it's, it's one of those trails, I know now, like, that I've done it twice. It's one of those trails that when the first time you do it, you might be a little bit terrified because you don't know what to expect, and there's some exposure, and you don't know. Um, that's one thing that that occasionally scares me about trails is when you don't know if, like, the trail's just going to be rolling along, and, like, suddenly there's a four-foot drop. And you, you accidentally, you know, hurt yourself because there's something that you didn't expect. So once you've done it once, like, it only gets more fun from there. Like, so I, I was, I was by myself. Um, so if no one was really around, like, there are always, especially on the weekends, there are a lot of people out there. So like, if I'd fallen and, you know, broken something, there would be someone along within minutes for sure. Um, anyway. <laughs> So as I was, as I was getting, um, a little bit more used to the Mach 6 and a little bit more comfortable with... Shoddy got brave. I got a little bit brave. And there are lots of places on Porcupine Rim where the trail, you'll see like two or three different lines kind of break off from the main line. And you know that there's something gnarly at the end of each one of those little lines. And this was one of those situations and I knew it's like, okay, I'm going to take the, I'm going to take the A line here. What are you laughing at? I have a funny story about what happened on Tuesday of last week, right? Like the day after we recorded the last show. Okay. Anyway. So I, it's like, I know there's going to be something here. It's probably a drop. And I got to that point 
anyone who's ever like done anything where your wheels are off the grid, like any sort of drop, like there's a point where if you're going to stop, you have to stop there. Or if you're going to go, you have to maintain your speed or go faster. Like there's just that spot. It's like the point of no return. Like if you go past there, if you try to stop, you're going to fall off of whatever it is you're dropping off of and it's not going to end well. And so I got to that point and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do it. And so I put in like two hard pedal strokes. And as soon as my front wheel like got to the edge, I was like, oh my God, that's huge. But I just had to like commit. That's what she said. Literally. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I was, I was really scared, but I, I didn't panic and like grab brakes or anything. I just like, I did it as if I knew what I was doing. And I guess I kind of did know what I was doing because I landed and, and it was okay. Um, you know, my, my suspension reached its limits a little bit because it was flat all the way flat, but, uh, yeah, it was, it was great. The like, landing wasn't all the way flat. It was real flat. The picture you had, it looked like right after the bike length, it started to get a little downhill. Maybe like barely. I mean, the whole, tr- most of the, like 90% of the porcupine rim trail is downhill. So everything's got like a one or two percent grade to it. So there's a big difference between flat and two percent. There's a huge difference. Okay. What your wrists feel so much different, and you're on a Mach six with like yeah, it's like a hundred and fifty five like millimeter travel bike. Seven hundred millimeters of travel, <laughs> or one hundred and fifty five millimeters. Same difference, whatever. But yeah, I mean, it was it was just awesome. There's stuff at the bottom of Porcupine Rim that I I walk a good part of because it's got some exposure and just some like stuff that's already kind of technical that even if it didn't have exposure, you'd probably have, you know, a little bit of an issue riding it or it would just be more difficult. Um, so you add in that extra, like don't fall off of this cliff. And, uh, I thought you took the lid at the top off of this already. You put I, it back I on. did. I very, very carefully popped the lid off of that, and then because it snapped off so gently, I snapped it back on to help preserve its freshness. And you said that you weren't going to let me stop drinking during this show, so I think I need to claim what's left of this upslope. Oh and this man, you were going to get so drunk. How about you just wait, like give it a minute, and if you start getting sober angry, you should drink the rest of this. So yeah, that was good. But I, I pretty much over angry. I, I pretty much I, I rode fifty miles, which doesn't sound like a lot. I mean, to some people, it sounds like a lot. Fifty miles at Moab doing that, doing Porcupine Rim as the last part of your really like long day is. I mean, it's hard because it takes a whole lot of concentration. The whole trail is pretty. Um, well, I mean, there's some nice, nice, like smooth, flowy parts, but there are a lot of parts where you, you got to be like on point. So it was, it was an amazing day. Like it was super, super awesome. Um, then the next day I rode one of the new trails on the north side of town called Navajo Rocks. And I just did kind of a recovery ride. It's a pretty easy trail. Um, if you go to Moab and you get a little freaked out by, you know, like, people talking about crazy drops and shredding gnar and all that stuff. Um, the stuff up there, like the mag seven trails and Navajo rocks. Um, those are, those are generally pretty, pretty, um, I mean, they're fun. They're laid back, you know, but there's nothing like nuts about them. So yeah, they're, they're a good ride also. Uh, that's, that's pretty much it. Like it's still, everything's still covered in snow up here, but at least the roads are clear. Uh, Matt and I went and did a road ride today. That's why he is actually up here. Uh, we rode the main climb that some people might know the name of would be Gap Road, which is mostly pavement with a little gravel at the top. It was fun. He looked like he was dying a little bit, but I knew he could do I it. I died like seven times during that ride. <laughs> so I'll go back and start at Previous to recording the, the or whatever started happening the day after we re recorded our last show. Um, so we recorded last Monday and it's now Wednesday. <laughs> we that's have, correct. We have Barking Dog. That's Barking Dog. That's Barking Big Dog. It's been a while since we had one of those. Oh. Um, so on Tuesday of last week, I went and rode with Jake, super fan Jake. 
Super fan Jake Davidson. Super fan Jake Davidson. And unfortunately... Super fan Jake Davidson is real strong and acclimated. He's strong and acclimated, so he did a lot of waiting for me on this climb. And then we started descending, and things were all cool. And he got to this point where he couldn't do a pivot turn. And I, like, went to pass him and pivot the turn. And my rear wheel, like, pivoted up and then landed on his foot. <laughs> oh, and I felt burn. like a, I felt like a huge dick because, you like, are. he took me riding and I landed on his fucking foot. And so. he waited for you all those times up that climb and stuff. And then, like, yeah. you're going to just put a tire down on his foot? What a jerk. Dude, not a jerk. I looked on Strava. We set a bunch of PRs that day. Like, <laughs> he was pushing it. Like, he really wanted to show me a good time. And I had such a blast. Like, oh, my gosh. Anytime I get to go downhill on my bike and be afraid, I'm really happy. And for <laughs> that one, you, is, that one spot is great. That part on a, yeah, you guys rode White Ranch. We rode right. We rode White Ranch. We went down Longhorn. Yeah, Longhorn was the name. Yeah, and it got. It fun. is. It is fun because it's it's like the combination of water bars and rocks. Like the trail is just built like, oh look, here's a steep thing. Let's go down it. Longhorn was fun. I got to the point on Longhorn where I was either jumping from a bump over the water bar or so if we were going downhill and there was a bump and then a water bar, I would jump from the bump over the water bar. Or if there was a water bar and then a bump, I would jump from the water bar and land in the backside of the bump. And like, I, I got to ride that with you and like watch that. Cause I'm I was just slaying it. Like I got to get on the Mach six and ride that, but now it's all covered in snow. I was on the I was on the jet and I was just I was using all that travel. It was like all about that bottom out. Is <laughs> that bike was I've never ridden like even in all the Pisgah and everything Solomo. I've never ridden that bike that hard. Like there That's was a couple a, that of, that Longhorn descent actually reminded me a lot of Pisgah. Now that you mention it, I mean other than it's like open and there's no trees. It's it was but it is like it steep had, and water a, bars and but it had a lot more big drops than Pisgah. Pisgahs have big drops. Not like They're that. They're like root drops. Not like that, though. Eh. No. You can't. So it was much more predictable. Like, it felt good to just stay out of the brakes. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was that. predictable because the drops were made from water bars. And people are more predictable than Mother Nature sometimes. Yeah. In that sense, they are. So, um, yeah, sorry, Jake. I landed on your foot. I still feel bad about that. Like, and then, and then we ate white or dinner that your wife made and, like, I just feel bad that I landed on your foot, so. You should. You're a jerk. Um, when you get back from Canada, A, we'll go ride again. Is Canada um, even a state? It's not a state at all. It's a different <laughs> country, totally. So I heard they they, they call have, routers routers. They have provinces. That's what Kenny said. They right, have, Kenny? They have a providence. What did I say? You said that in Canada they call routers routers? That's right. Uh, it's all about the routers. <laughs> So are you done eating your dinner? Do you want to talk about your last week? Well, I didn't really, I didn't really do much. I did so. a lot more though. Oh, okay. Well, Matt, yeah. more to talk about. I started my new job, and a couple of really cool things about my new job. One, uh, let's see, where do I want to start? There is an indoor washroom that is like an indoor car wash, but for bicycles. So there's a heated water pressure like pressure washer and there is a air nozzle so you can dry the bike off so is it like as much pressure as a car wash or is it toned down some because it's for bikes no no it's it's rowdy really you can so you could like you in- can destroy some stuff but at the same time like you got to know what you're doing you got to know what you're doing and part of it is like when we do a bike wash like if it's a if it's a Shimano bike like free hub, Shimano rear wheel, we just don't really wash the cassette and stuff. But if it's like a Mavic or an i9 or, or something that's easy to pull the free hub, we just blast the whole thing and then pull the free hub and regrease it and put it back together. Like, so you get a free hub overhaul for free if you have an easily serviceable free hub. Oh, wow. Like if you came in with a stance bike and you want to get your bike washed, we're going to blast it, pull it, relube it, put it back that's, together. That's a lot of extra time just to use the pressure washer. I mean, I would rather, there's less stuff that, though, like what I'm thinking is, there's there's less stuff that can go wrong if you just like scrub the cassette with a brush and some degreaser and then rinse it. So there's a, 
so that's the thing. There's two options. You you have the option of like so there's a there's a pressurized degreaser nozzle. Oh. Okay. So you degrease it, scrub it, and when you blast it, when okay. I say blast it, like if you blast the cassette on like a Shimano bike, you like might hit the cogs. On a stands bike, you like spray off the cogs, spray off the hub, spray off the rotor, spray off everything. We pull the brake pads before it goes in the washroom. Oh wow. Like it's pretty serious. Yeah. It's expensive for a reason. So yeah. um so there's that. The other thing is we got the new Stash Plus in both the rigid baby blue one and the black one with the Manitou fork this week. So like three days after that bike was announced on Bike mm-hmm. Rumor, it was in the store and I was riding wheelies on it. Wow. It's pretty gnarly. I mean, I guess did uh, Trek dealers probably had the option to like pre-order that. Um, I don't know because like the fuse came out on Bike Rumor, mm-hmm. and the next day the buyer was talking about how he ordered the ones that he had seen pictures of, but there was colors that even his inside sales rep couldn't give him descriptions of because he didn't know. Wow. Um, so he hadn't ordered those bikes because he didn't know what the color was, but he got some on order, so we'd have some on the floor. Um, uh, <laughs> like it's just. The shop is totally rowdy. It's been a ton of fun. I love my new job. It's awesome. Um, it's really cool. Like that's that's really neat. It we, sounds like a neat place. We uh, the amount of inventory in the building is a little overwhelming. It's um, like it's basically Matt and I are working in shops that are the opposite of each other. Like mine is about the smallest bike shop you could probably work in, and other than like maybe a mobile shop. And Correct. his is probably one of the largest bike shops in, I would say, probably in the U.S. Is so it? self-proclaimed. I mean, somewhere? I mean, it's self-proclaimed, and I, I want to put, like, an asterisk beside this, because anytime someone makes a claim, it's a little... Like, if I'm making a claim about myself, like, I could just say, like, I'm the best vertical jumper ever. You know, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there's... But it's, it's, it's self-claimed the largest single-store location in Colorado. Yeah. I mean, so, there there are probably very few shops that are bigger than that, and right, there are so probably you, very few shops that are smaller than mine. Right. So if you did the math on it, like um, I think it's Elevation Cycles. They have a couple of Greater Denver area locations. They might do more business a year, but they have like five locations. Right. You know, we do it all under one roof. So yeah, it's really gnarly. Um, if you ever come to Denver and you need a demo bike, get in touch with me. We have um, Domani's. Silks, Fuel EX 9.8s in 650B and 29er um, Enduros. Right, you, you got everything. You, Monsons, don't have, you don't have to make an ad for the shop now. Come so, on. If you want to come ride something rowdy, get in touch with me. We'll make it happen. Um, or non-rowdy or, you know, just something nice. I mean, a Domani's rowdy. You can get rowdy as hell on some dirt roads with a Domani. Like, <laughs> don't play. I'll show you some dirt roads to get rowdy on. Rock and roll. So, I, I showed Matt some today. Um, yeah, so... I didn't ride for a while because I started my new job, and I'm going to work four days on, three days off, and I worked two days. I had a day off where it pissed rain all day, and then I started my schedule, so I guess that makes seven days. I didn't really ride my bike. I did one 20-minute ride after work just just to keep myself sane. I I felt really guilty about not riding my bicycle, so um, yeah, I, I felt bad. You I just, just got real, really close to the microphone. I just realized from where I'm sitting that, like, sitting over here, the mic is barely engaging. So everything I've been saying is really quiet. But if I get over here, things sound better. They're probably a little louder and a little clearer and a little crisper. <laughs> I'm trying to make good radio here. Christ. I think you are. So are you done talking about your shop? I'm done. I'm not, I guess, sure, that's all I've done this week. <laughs> all right. So, Kenny, you had an uneventful week. You got a new helmet. I did, yeah. I just put that up on Twitter so people can check that out. So, uh, you yeah. You actually pick... tweeted for yourself? I did. It's crazy. <laughs> so, uh, I wouldn't know the login if it wasn't already logged in on my phone. Uh, I think it's... Hey, you don't need... <laughs> Let's not, <laughs> I Let's want not do that. to tweet for Kenny. Yes. My Twitter will be nothing but penises if that goes <laughs> if that goes public. Oh, man, I want to do that so bad. <laughs> Balls. So the first part of Kenny's login is puppies, and I won't say what the numbers are afterwards. So if someone wants to just go through puppies and a combination of that, 
with numbers, you might figure out Kenny's Twitter login. <laughs> and and this will promptly be changed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got the hiccups. Holler if you hear me. Uh, but yeah, I got a Bell Super 2R with the MIPS in a rowdy, like, orange color. Is that the one you can take the full face part off of? Uh, yes. Fancy. Yep, pretty cool. So I have two of them now. Uh, one will be for night riding duty, and the other will be for daytime. So you just have, like, a light permanently mounted on there? Yeah, it's a lot easier that way. I hate messing with that stuff, so I just leave one. I've always done that, just had two helmets. Um, and, yeah, works well. So highly recommend that for people that do a lot of night riding. Or you can just ride with your light on all the time, I guess. But uh, so I mean, the light part's not all that that heavy. It just would look funny, and you'd have screaming teenage girls. Yeah, I mean, it definitely does make a difference. Like, this this helmet weighs, like, 750-something grams, maybe. What so, uh, 900. <laughs> so. Can you hear that in the background? Uh, yeah, a little bit. Okay. <laughs> uh, I got yeah, anyway, hiccup. got a helmet. Holly, That's about it. Hear me? Other than that, I've just been, you know, doing my usual riding. Nothing, nothing uh, out of the ordinary. Nothing fancy. I kind of had to make a call on the Iron Mountain race in Arkansas. Yeah, didn't they change that? Well, yeah, they did. So. Leading up to it the week before, the weather looked, like, horrible, like, absolutely horrible. So I just made a call a week out. I said, screw it. I'm not even going to bother. And uh, the weather got a little bit better and then a little bit worse. And then they decided to actually move it from Saturday to Sunday. And with all that going on, I was like, yeah, there's just no way I'm going to do that. But then it actually turned out that it was pretty decent both days. So the weather people absolutely screwed the pooch on that, like, not even close. If if we fucked up as much as a weatherman, you wouldn't have a job anymore. You know, like seriously, if if you said here your bike's all finished, and then like I installed your new crank, and then like the if dude came to pick the, his bike up, and there was like the BMX on the fork no, no no no, so like you're like, hey, I installed your race face next SL cinch crank, and uh, your bike's all ready. And then the customer came to pick it up, and you'd put, like, BMX pegs through the bottom bracket and, like, drilled a hole in the frame to attach them. They'd be like, what the fuck is wrong with you? But the weatherman's just like, sorry, bro, it's the weather. It's like, hey, quit getting paid so much fucking money to do a bad job. I'm not sure. I'm not sure that uh, people are making tons of money being uh, weather people. But And to be honest, I don't think anybody... They probably make more than bike mechanics. Uh, I mean, maybe, I don't know. But I'm not sure, like... Have you weather- ever seen the suits that Dave Brown wears? Yeah, but he's not actually the weatherman. He just reports on what crap was handed to him. Like, anyway, I, I don't, I don't know how much like the traditional role of weatherman even exists anymore. Maybe I'm wrong. It's just a computer model that they just spit off. That's all they do. Oh, okay. So I mean, I guess somebody at some point. We're gonna have some angry weathermen called it in. I don't give show. a shit. Yeah, they can be angry all they want. They kind of screwed me on that. So, but anyway, so I, I was kind of bummed I missed that race. I just Googled it. The median salary of a weatherman is $94,000. A meteorologist that, is $94,000. Does that also entail somebody who is like kind of a personality and like on TV? Or is that just somebody who sits in an office? Uh, so alternate job titles are meteorologist, weatherman, weatherwoman, and weather person. Yeah, I mean, Dave Brown is a meteor- meteorologist. I need a hiccupologist. <laughs> But it says uh, that the, the lowest ten percent makes fifty grand, and the highest ten percent yeah, makes so one hundred and forty like grand. Bike mechanics who should be right ninety—I don't know, like ninety-seven percent of the time. Like, don't make a a much thirty thousand dollars a year. If they're lucky, I guess. Yeah, if you're good, you can make thirty k a year as a bike mechanic, and you got to be right way more than a weatherman. Yeah, it's science. <laughs> uh that's rowdy but anyway i missed a race that i really wanted to do it's a really fun course and all that good stuff but i mean it turns out it was still a tiny bit muddy and like times were definitely a lot slower um this year than last year no that was the oh. endurance race okay yeah the one that we all did uh last year and all had a i assume a pretty good time i don't yes. really know okay but yeah so i kind of missed doing I that had one. an awful time i've punched my dog so many times over that yeah, man. You should have pedaled a little harder. 
Yeah, you could have passed me anytime you wanted. <laughs> I hate you Kenny, so much. Kenny would have let you by anytime you wanted to pass him. Yeah, I'd be like, come on, bro. Let's go. You probably would have ran over my foot or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, that's really it. I don't have anything super exciting, unfortunately, riding-wise. But, uh, yeah, I did finally get my gold i9 hubs for my road bike, so I'm really excited about that. Ugh. I know you're so mad. You wanted me to get like nine power meters. You wanted me to have like a power meter on my crank and like a power meter on my hub and like maybe get like a front power, front hub power meter. I'm pretty sure that's not what he was telling you to do, but that's okay. (laughs) Yeah, I was just saying if you're going to blow a bunch of money on hubs, you may as well get hubs that read power because the engagement on a road bike doesn't matter. And a power tap hub, even though it's heavy, it's like simple and it's easy. Well, the i nine road hubs are like what Kenny likes. They're um, they have fewer pull. Well, they don't have as many points of engagement. Yeah, they're still sixty points, which is probably really excessive for road. I mean, it's I think nice, road but, yeah. probably thirty is fine to be honest on a road 60 bike. Is but plenty for a road bike. Yeah, but yeah, you need not- all that engagement. That was the only thing that sucked about the Mach six. It's got like some. It's got some. Some DT Swiss wheels on it. Why don't you put the 54-star engagement ring in the hub? It still wouldn't be that great. Well, no, a 54-point-star engagement ring feels a lot better than a 54-point. It does, it Because does. the engagement is I don't. Like, I didn't have one. Like, I was, I literally, like, within, shut up, within, there was, like, two days, I was like, I'm going to go to Moab because the weather looks bad. Stop hiccuping. I'm going to punch you in the liver. <laughs> Don't punch my liver. Um, I was like, no, it wasn't even t- two days. It was like, I'm going to go to Moab. Oh, yeah, and I'm going to take this bike that's got more travel because no one else is using it right now because there's snow, snow everywhere. So it was like a 24-hour decision, and I didn't have that part, and so I rode these wheels that ha- had terrible engagement. Clunk. Yeah. So... Uh, this is a random thought here. I w- I'm like super jealous of all the big manufacturers making really cool looking 27 and a half plus bikes. So yeah, like Trek Trek announced one that looks pretty cool, and then Specialized announced one that also looks as- looks pretty cool. Um, anybody else that you can think of, Matt or Andrea, that has a 27 and a half plus that's coming out for 2016? Uh, Pivot. How yeah, they've I- got that. Wait, Trek yeah. didn't really announce a 27.5 Plus. They're just endorsing that their Farley works with 27.5 Plus. Is that the one that's got the really funky chainstay? No. The Okay, so the Farley is their fat bike. and they're No, th- there's a whole new bike. No, no, there's really not. Hold on. Follow along. The Farley is their fat bike, and they're saying on their fat bike you can Hey, run- bro, bro, do you even work at a Trek dealer? They run a 27.5 Plus, Okay. You can run 27.5 plus on the Farley, which is their fat bike, which is going to use 190-ish rear hub, 150-ish front hub. The Trek Stash is not really a new bike. They have renovated it in order to be boost, which is 115, or sorry, 15 by 110 front, and then 148 boost rear. And that's going to be a adjustable rear end. So sliding dropout, 148 by 12 axle. And it has an asymmetrical chainstay, so your chain ring does not have to clear your chainstay. But that one's which requires, plus, right? Hold on, which requires a big yoke, and they're saying that that bike works with everything from 29 plus down to 29 regular. Hmm. They're not really endorsing that for 27.5 plus, which I think it would work because I think 27.5 plus and 29 are about the same rollout, but Trek says 29 plus is better than 27.5 plus, but their Farley is 27.5 plus compatible. It's really weird. And what else does Trek say? Um, <laughs> Trek says 29 plus is better. Done. <laughs> they do. Um, Any, anything else? Well, and then specialized, <laughs> the Fuse is not a. It's it's not a um, it's not an adjustable rear end or an adjustable bottom bracket. So if anyone wants to. If you'll go back in time and figure out the first time that I said when a big company like Trekker Specialized comes out with 29 plus to crush the Krampus, that's when it would get rowdy. It happened. I said a long time ago, the bike will be alloy frame, carbon fork, one by 10, 29 plus wheels. And guess what? It fucking happened. 
And guess what? The <laughs> price point is $1,600. And I said, as long as it's under $1,800, it's going to be fucking crushing the Krampus. And guess what? It fucking happened this week. So I'm fucking right again. <laughs> Fuck everybody. Uh, I think Matt's getting sober. No, I'm not Man. getting sober. I'm fully drunk now. A You're long time kinda... ago, I said this shit was going to happen. And guess what? It fucking happened. You're getting kind of angry, man. No, um, here's a really cool part. You know what's different over the Surly than the new Trek stash? I don't know the number. Okay, it has an alloy frame instead of a steel frame. It has a carbon lower fork instead of a fully steel fork. So it's an alloy uh, steer with a carbon leg. It's 1 by 10 with a drop stop chain ring. And it has a custom 1140 Sunrace cassette, which is going to increase the range. Okay, cool, great. Everything's rocking so far. It has lighter tires. It has hydraulic brakes. It has every single thing that I said it was going to have. And it's like a sixteen or $1,800 retail, which is what I said it would hit. And guess what? It's like four pounds lighter than a Krampus. I'm... So this is – so the Trek Stash is the one that actually will fit a – it looks like 29 plus. It is 29 plus. Okay, it okay. I got tire That's well. it. Anyway, it's the Stash that I was looking at in particular because it's got the sliding drops. And it's even a 12 by 142 sliding drop, which is kind of cool. Um, no, obviously no, – it's, it's 12 by 148. Or, well, sorry. That's what I meant. Yeah. It's, it's the boost that everybody loves. Except for some people on Twitter. Let boost, no. boost hit it. I love it. I love all that stuff. I love the – I mean everything should be 15 by 110. Yeah, it really sucks that I've got a bunch of 100 stuff. The fact of the matter is the 110 better in every way. It's a better idea. Everything's better. So it is it, what it is. It's almost like they made 20 by 110 a long time ago. <laughs> uh, but that was spaced differently. The flanges were spaced differently on that. Ah, shh, shh. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, anyway, pretty cool. I just saw that stuff, thought it was neat. And also we're right now, I think, uh, as the shop, we're going to build up a, um, an aluminum narvester and we're going to, I'm going to build it 27 and a half. So should be cool. Fun. But the yep, narvester's not boost, is it? No, it's not. Um, so it won't be as cool as your bikes, but, uh, yeah, I'm still going to ride it. But how is the narvester going to be better than a fuse? I said it's it's not as cool as your bike. Oh well, bummer. <laughs> but no, it's just what I have access did to. Is that so shop? Did you have to say that again? Yeah, yeah, I did. <laughs> I mean, and again, the fuse is hitting all the price points that I thought it would happen. But it's just they, Specialized happened to pick twenty seven five over twenty nine plus. I mean, it's just yeah, twenty seven and a half is the right answer. I would love to ride a fuse. I really would. I think it'd be a great bike. Um, I'll probably get one in about I don't know. A year from now, I'll probably have a fuse just to see how it goes. I'm excited. I just like yawn hiccuped. Yawn hiccup, <laughs> holler if you hear me. Um, yeah, I'm going to set up an aluminum narvester, and it's going to have a little bit lower bottom bracket because of the smaller wheels because it's designed around a 29 plus. So I'm just going to put a uh, 120 fork on it with a more aggressive offset. And maybe it'll be cool. Maybe it'll suck. I don't know. But we're going to try it. You know what would be really cool? What's that? Is uh, I think Trek and Specialized both really missed the boat when they made the Stash Plus and the uh, the Fuse. Um, the eccentric bottom bracket solves all that bottom bracket changing issue. If you can just roll the bottom bracket around on the 29 Plus or 27.5 Plus or whatever, you could run it in the low position, keeping the bottom bracket low, keeping the bike sporty, not feeling like you're up on top of it. If you put a smaller wheel on, you could rotate the bottom bracket to the top in order to keep the pedal from striking on the ground. Dude, that's really that smart. Crazy. That's really smart, dog. With the, like, Do what now? What did you say, Kenny? I just said that's really smart. Yeah, and unfortunately, they, they didn't do it. So that's the one place that I think both Trek and Specialized missed it. Specialized made the Fuse a dedicated 1x10 bike, and Trek followed along with their PressFit GXP well, you know, BB92, people get, whatever. People get weird about eccentric bottom brackets because there have been so many bad ones. Yeah, guess what? The split shell on the Crave, I've had that bike since April of 2013, and I've cleaned it twice. But you'll find as... You get a simple design. You'll find three well, uh, times uh, as pe- many people that have said, I've had this eccentric bo- bottom bracket, and it sucked. I don't care. 
Get a simple split shell design. Use a torque wrench on it. Don't be a fucking shithead and crank down on it just like, it needs to be tight so it doesn't slip. No, put a torque wrench on it. Tighten it to what the manufacturer says. You won't have any issues. All these expanding wedges, self-crimping on the frame, crushing bottom bracket shell designs, all those can piss off out the door. A simple rotating split shell EBB, hard to beat. My crave has been unstoppable. So, Yeah. Should we do our listener uh, follow-up? Sure. <laughs> Is that cool with you, Kenny? I don't really know. Uh, yep. I don't know what to say. Like I got, I got it pulled up. No, I understand that, but I don't know what to say. Like <laughs> this was a follow up from uh, the question from Australia last week. Uh, um, this is Matt from Melbourne talking about he wants to get a fifty ten, still the worst named bike in the world. Didn't change over the last week and a half. He says, "Thanks for the thoughts. I think I confused you with the conversion." <laughs> Why don't you keep reading so I don't hiccup? Thanks in the for the pause. I think again. I confuse you with the conversion. The basic alloy five ten. You mentioned is still about six thousand Australian after import taxes, which is fifty four hundred US dollars for carbon with pike. You're looking for seven thousand US dollars imported and all. Maybe I need to come over to the US and bring one back with me. The aluminum is good advice. It just doesn't look as nice and is a bit heavier. Well, Matt, I'm sorry. If you have to buy a passport, buy a plane ticket, and then ship a bike internationally, you're gonna lose money trying to save money trying to come to the US and buy a bike. It's just a bad idea. You can come out to 92.50 and ride some. Just wait until, like, June. You're not a Santa Cruz dealer. I mean, I, I didn't say you could. He can come out and, like, demo your bikes and ride up here in, like, the nice area. What do you mean the nice area? There's great, <laughs> chunky thunder. There's thunder chunk. Thunder down. chunk. So I've, I've started that. That in my brain is is what I call all Colorado front range stuff. Thunder chunk, where you're descending, and it's just like. Hold on. He can get one of your demo bikes, and I'll show him Porcupine Rim at Moab. We, we can stay in the Ooh. bed bug hostel. Ooh, he's going to spend a bunch of money on demoing a bike that long. Or he could just get one there. I mean, they have you can get a nice demo bike in Moab. Or you could just come to my shop and buy one because we have them sitting one. on the floor. You could do that, too. <laughs> 510s or 5010s, Bronsons, Fuel EXs. What do you want? Come get it. Just yeah, I mean, you have a bunch of demo bikes, and have you guys ever sold a Tallboy out there, or is that just too tiny of a bike? Uh, Tallboy LT, I think they sell those. Yeah, I'll be honest, it's so crazy. I'm a service rider, like all the time. Even though I've worked like six or seven days now, I still don't know where anything on the sales floor is. I mean, that's not your job to know where that exactly. Is. Like, it's not my job. I stand at the service counter. I know where to. To find like backstock tires, tubes, chains, and cassettes. Other than that, I don't know where to find any parts, any, any uh, what do you call it? Like bikes? No clue. No. You should like uh, you should get up and, and walk around your own store or sometime, man. When? Dude, I don't know. The time we open to the time we close, there's like a fucking ton of people dropping off their bikes and picking up their bikes. It's rowdy, man. You gotta gotta go in early, man. Make it happen, dude. <laughs> I work nine to seven, four days a week. I don't need to be there any earlier. Better work like eight to eight, man. <laughs> you better come over here and produce a vacuum on my testicles. <laughs> yeah. I'm out of stuff to talk about. Is there any new? I'm shit out of beer. We, is there any new sh- shit we probably hate? Other being than, out of beer. Other than my hiccups. I hate being out <laughs> of beer. Um. There's a. We talk about power meters a lot, but there's some new. There's some new power meter design. I think it's just in like the infancy stage, but Indigo, it is, go, baby, go back it and never. It is a. Uh, <laughs> it's actually it threads into your crank, and it goes in between your crank and your pedal, and it makes your Q factor like 30 millimeters wider. Oh God! <laughs> it's so dumb. Uh, well, actually, so I want to give a little feedback here. I saw that, and I think I could overcome most of that. Because I run my cleats where my feet are all the way outboard. So on my road bike, I'm pretty sure if I added that, I could move my cleats all the way inboard, and I'd see a very small difference in Q-Factor. Yeah, and you could do really fancy stuff, too. Like, you could go buy short spindled speed plays and all that kind of stuff. But anyway, I mean, maybe what will happen is they'll get them to work separately and then get a big manufacturer to pick it up and then integrate them into, like, a 
finished pedal where the actual Q factor doesn't really change any. Yeah. Matt just left the room to go to the bathroom. Oh, okay. Or like get another beer or something. I, I have no idea really. Uh, do we have any other questions or anything? That was it. We were oh, we were kind of dry on the questions this week. I guess we've just answered everyone's questions. Every week. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else I've got going on or anything if that I've seen. Anyone wants to tweet to me like actual ways to get rid of hiccups. Um, you can do that. Brickhouse MTB on twi- Twitter. <laughs> As I hiccup while I say that. I just repeatedly hold my breath, and that usually works for me. Well, I can't talk on a radio show and hold my breath. Well, just don't talk for a second. Well, then it's just you because Matt just walked out. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, I, I think that I'm kind of out of stuff. Um, nothing else new and crazy going on. Oh, well, like little stuff, just talking about because this is going to be like the year of the plus pretty much is what 2016 is going to be, which oh. is cool. Um, so yeah, year of the plus and there's a lot of really cool forks coming out. So it'll be really interesting to see the selections are going to be huge between Rock Shocks. And I think even Manitou's making some big ones. Uh, so yeah, Fox, RockShox, all those folks. They're going to have 27.5 plus compatible stuff, 29 plus compatible stuff. They're going to have like the the, um, the front wider axles. I'll call them the boost front axle. I know that's not what it's actually called, but that's just what I'm going to call it. I really, I I, I want to get a bigger bike, um, like a Mach 6. Oh yeah, and all, all the lighter, uh, the lighter thirty-four mil chassis stuff from Fox. Like it's yeah. about time. It's so freaking awesome. I'm so happy they did that. Uh, it's going to be really cool. I'm really looking forward. I'm going to buy one of those like really soon, whenever they're available. Yeah, I think I'm going to end up selling this. Just like the plan I've got in my head, which could totally end up something doing something different. But the idea I have in my head is sell the Jet Nine frame seat post and fork. And probably like the stem and the handlebars too, because they're too narrow for out here. Every so like, have you? That sounds like I rode the like eight hundred millimeter bars on the Mach Six, and it was like I mean I I don't need them quite that wide. I could probably go like seven forty, but that'd be it. Like that's huge because like I mean where you know anything once you get like over towards Arkansas and and whatever. Uh, I mean, there's trees and stuff close to the trail, so you can't, I mean, you can ride bars like that, but it's a little bit harder to do. Um, out here, it's just like, you just, you got big ass bars and a short stem and, and a humongous fork and you just rage on everything. And the pivot pedals so well, like I honestly, other than the weight of it, like overall, as far as the amount of travel, like pedal bob and stuff, like there's just there's not a difference. It's it's a little harder to steer uphill because the head tube angle is so slack. Like your front wheel is so far out in front of you that when you're going uphill, you pretty much have to put your chin like down on your handlebars. Yeah, yeah. To keep the front wheel down, but you know once you kind of learn that, like it just is, it's freaking awesome. Like it's just it's great. Like I, I definitely, I, I want to get one of those bikes, and I don't think it, I, I don't think I would dislike it for everything. <laughs> I just want to ride a huge bike all the time. <laughs> I like big bikes, and I cannot lie. I really, so I was in the shop for even a couple of days, and I mean, you'll hear it over the course of the summer. I'm gonna ride every demo bike we have. And I'm gonna talk about it, and it's gonna be awesome. I'm gonna ride every single one in my size. So if there's a Fuel EX and a 650B and a 29, I'm going to ride both of them back to back and I'm going to rage the shit out of them and I'm going to tell, I'm going to give opinions on them. And if it's a 29er bike and my wheels fit on it, I'm going to put my wheels on it. And I mean, it's just, it's going to be awesome. I'm you know really what I'm, pumped. What I'm hoping for? Felts are notoriously inexpensive um, and they have great employee purchase prices. If the compulsion comes in uh carbon and i and i don't want to sound like a total carbon diva but that is one thing that i did notice with the mach 6 um pushing it up some stuff that was really steep it almost pushed me back down a couple of times and if i had a bike that was i don't know how much it weighs it's probably 27 pounds or so um if i had a bike that was a lot heavier it would that's only a pound heavier than my rdo well my rdo is like 
Just a hair under 25 pounds. Mine's 26 pounds on the nose. Okay. Anyway, it's probably, the the mock is somewhere between 27 and 28 pounds, built the way it is. Um, and it just about pushed me back down a couple of hills. Like, there were some spots where, like, if there was, if it ran into, like, a little rock or something and stopped, it was enough momentum that if it started to roll backwards, like, I'd have to take a step or two back with it, hit the brakes, and, like, push it back up. So, you know, I, I really, I've got to, whatever I get, it's got to be somewhat um, conservative as far as the weight goes. So if, like, the felt compulsion came out in a carbon bike, um, I would, I'd be really happy. I, that would be a cool bike. I built an aluminum one not too long ago, and it was it was a nice bike. So that's all I got to say about that. Ken, uh, are, you re- are you ready to wrap it up, or you got anything you hate? No, I'm pretty much ready to wrap it up. I got something that I think I hate, but I haven't tried it yet. And I know you guys are going to hate it, but uh, what do you think about the one-by-road stuff? Oh, yeah, definitely hate No, no, no. So I'll tell you what one-by-road is for. It is for time trial bikes. Oh, yeah. That'd be so nice. if you had a TT bike that you only had to set up, a rear shifter, a rear derailleur, and two brakes on, oh, man, it'd be awesome. Because really, if you're using your time trial bike correctly, you're riding your road bike all the time. You're riding your time trial bike a little bit to be familiar with the position. But really, it just comes down to you would select a chain ring size. You would, you and your mechanic and your shop would make some very, very like educated guesses like, Okay, am I ever going to pedal at 38 miles an hour? No. 36? No. 35? No. Okay, I think I can pedal at 32 miles an hour. Okay, I think that I need to run this size chain ring. With that size chain ring, I need to run this spread cassette. Okay, cool. I have all the range that I need for real time trialing. Boom, done. Let's go. Because if a time trial has a real hill in it, you're not going to ride your time trial bike anyways. You're going to ride your road bike because it's lighter and it climbs better and you can shift out on the bullhorns or your hoods, whereas on the road bike, unless you have DI2, you can't do that. And even some of the road bikes, you can't do that. because time trial bikes? Or Yeah, some time trial bikes, you can't do that. So I think for time trial, it has a great application. I think for city bikes, it has a great application. I think for people that live in Florida and want crit bikes, it's a great application. Like if you had a crit bike that was 1x10, it wouldn't matter. It'd be great. It'd be fine. I mean, any crit, if you get off your big ring, you're getting dropped. Yeah, if you had a crit bike, like really seriously a crit bike, like some, you know, a CAD 10 with zips and 1x11, dude, you're going to be killing it, crushing it. That's all you need. You don't have to worry yeah. about your front Put derailleur. a 53 on there and you're good. Or even a, a I mean, let's get real, run a 50, 50 52, 54. I mean, you're going to have to run an even number because it is X-Sync chain rings. Uh, yeah. So run a 52. And you're going to have everything you need because 5211 still pedals at like 38 miles an hour. And if you're sprinting at 38 miles an hour, you're getting free shit anyways. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's got its applications. Just like one by everywhere. The You know, that was one thing. The Mach 6 has two by 10 on it. And I I did remember that I like one by 11 better. That bike doesn't have a clutch. It doesn't have a clutch, so that the was annoying. The bike doesn't have a clutch, so it doesn't count. But no, it was still really annoying to just have to worry about that because there's a dropper post over there and a shifter, and then when you want to, like, shift and you accidentally drop your seat post, like when you're trying to shift to the small ring because you're going uphill and you accidentally hit the seat post because you're not thinking, that really sucks. <laughs> what? It happens. All right, Matt's falling asleep. I think he's passing out with his shoes on. My shoes are so off. <laughs> Kenny, are you falling asleep? No, I'm good. So you can you can do stuff to him if he's got his shoes on. That's the rule. My shoes are off. Uh, okay. Do so off. And no, Kenny, you can't do stuff to me. No, you can like sharpie people's faces and shit. If they have their shoes on and they pass out at a party, you can do that stuff. <laughs> we did that to Matt Robbins once. Yeah. We used a dry erase marker, though. I definitely drew a penis on Matt Robbins with a dry erase marker. So, All right. I've had enough talking. I'm ready to eat dinner. I'm all right. starving. Well, this has been another episode of Just Riding Along, brought to you by... Epic Rides. And t- Squealing Teenage Girls. 
and uh, that's it. Um, you might hear screaming teenage girls in the background. Um, okay. I'm shirtless. Yeah, I was, was going to say, is it because of stuff Matt's doing? <laughs> anyway. Uh, I am actually still in the process of eating. Has, has Kenny done anything um, interesting this um, week? Um, Stop. Yeah, I'll just be look, looking around for stuff that I hate. Dude. I thought it was a rooter. Whatever. Uh, up in Canada, it's a rooter. Did they really say that? Uh, I don't know. It sounds <laughs> it's it sounds to me like something they would say in Canada. Okay. So if have you had a, happen, have you had a whole have you had a whole smear off ice? 